everyone. Welcome back to the Bitchipedia podcast. I am Dahlia, your host, and today's episode, even if you don't know anything about astrology, I want you to bear with me because it is inspired by an astrological event, but I don't want you to panic and think that you have to know anything about it because you don't. I'll just give you the basics. So Venus is the planet of love. Think of it that way in very simple terms. And when it goes retrograde, it allows us an opportunity to review our beliefs surrounding love. It gives us a chance to ask ourselves, what are my beliefs around love? Where did they come from? Are they serving me? (laughs) And what would I like my beliefs around love to look like moving forward? So this Venus retrograde season hit me hard and fast Uh, And although it was relatively unpleasant in the moment, it did allow me a chance to review my, quote, love stories, so to speak. So if you've noticed, this is just a setup for more astrology backstory. If you've noticed the last, I can't remember when it went retrograde. It's been at least, I think it was spent six weeks in retrograde. And it's spent it in Leo, which is think like entertainers. So we knew and and astrologers knew and predicted that people in the entertainment industry, that there was going to be a lot of issues surrounding that and think like writers strike, all of those things, demanding pay that they deserve and a lot of relationships. We knew that a lot of relationships would be ending and you can see that because the celebrities that broke up It was like a mass slaughtering of celebrity relationships over the last six weeks. So that's just a little bit, again, kind of around the theme, kind of explaining the context of that. So I've used this time to review my love stories and, again, check in and see, are they still serving me? Are these stories that I want to move forward with? As I go through my life, is this something that I want to keep or do I want to rewrite this story, so to speak? So one major development that came to me from my, who I call my tough love friend, um, and for a little context, when I ran our bond on the pattern, it's an app, the pattern, which I recommend you should get, um, it, it gives you a lot of cues about like your timing based on astrology. But again, I'm not trying to dive too deep into that because I don't want to lose anyone that's like, you know, not into astrology, even though it's my hyperfixation. Um, so if you listen to this podcast, you're probably just going to have to endure a little bit of that from me. But when you go onto the app, the pattern, you can do what you call running a bond, which is just where you take your birth chart, their birth chart. And the computer puts them together and sees how they will interact based on the qualities that you have and the qualities that they have. So when I ran this bond with my tough love friend, it labeled our relationship as challenging, which I would 100% agree with. But honestly, that was another realization that I had where I realized that I actually really like to be challenged in my relationships. You know, I like a little pushback. And especially if you're someone like me who has a really strong personality, um, I can bulldoze over people, you know, and I don't like that. I don't want anyone to let me bulldoze over them. I want them to be like, excuse me, and kind of 
put me in check. I like that. You know, it's a little bit of like fighting back and forth. But anyway, in a non-toxic way, even though I used to <laughs> talk about outdated storylines, definitely used to be more into the toxic version of that. But now I'm like, let's just keep it fun. Think um, like cats. It's really lions because my Venus is Leo. So Leonine aspects. Think about two giant lions fighting back and forth, but they're not really fighting. It's just kind of play fighting, you know? And that's how I like it. I like a little bit of tension. It's almost like foreplay for me. Uh, But back to my original point. My tough love friend, as I call him, made the comment, I don't think differently of you when I don't feel like talking. And this was a major revelation for me and for my anxious attachment style. So he is a person who needs space, which I respect Because I'm finding more and more that I also require a lot of space and alone time. And he made the comment, um, you're struggling to feel emotionally secure when you're not interacting with the people that you care about. Let me say that one more time. You're struggling to feel emotionally secure when you're not interacting with the people that you care about. And there it was, right? That's it. That's one of my love stories that I believed, uh, a limiting belief, honestly, that if I was out of sight, I was out of mind. And my brain had created some sort of correlation, basically like object permanence, but with love. You know, I realized that I believed that if I didn't make myself constantly available or seen, then I wouldn't receive love. And that when people are gone, they forget about me. Now, this is dangerous because remember, I like being alone. So I kind of created this energy zapping cycle where I wanted to be alone, but I felt like if I wasn't around the people that I loved, that they would forget about me. (laughs) Now, I'm sure that at least partly some of this came from my dad being, he was a truck driver, a long haul truck driver. So sometimes he would be gone for like weeks or months at a time. And I remember like when he was gone, it felt like maybe I was the one with the object permanence. It's like, all right, well, I don't have a dad now, (laughs) you know, he's just gone. And then when he would come back, that's a whole nother thing that creates that. That's what creates that whole anxious attachment style is, you know, when they're gone, you feel alone. And then when they come back, it's basically inconsistent patterns of love or attention. Um, And this is repeating now, I've realized, with my son because I share joint custody with my ex, my ex-husband. So my son will be away from me for half of the week. And during that time, he's also with my ex's girlfriend. So in my mind, I felt the threat that because my son was away from me, that he was forgetting about me, right? And thus no longer loving me. Because remember, out of sight, out of mind. So you can imagine how this made me feel, especially if you combine it with the crippling fear that I have of being a bad mother, who's basically replaced with this Stepford wife. This is the image that I have of her. Uh, this Stepford wife who like likes to make sandwiches and be subservient to a man, Um, And you've got the perfect storm, right? Uh, Now, again, that's not, there there have been a lot of challenging aspects. And I don't want to get on here and like blast anyone in my real life 
especially not when I'm being so specific about who it is. And honestly, I don't know the girl that well. She's, I mean, she's been relatively lovely. But remember, this is bringing up, this time period is bringing up a lot of stuff for me. So some stuff with like a family vacation. I had been manifesting, and this is a really personal story, but I had been manifesting um, taking my son on a vacation because, you know, single mom, it's difficult just to exist in this world. It's difficult to have enough money to even put food on the table sometimes. So it seemed completely unlikely that I was going to ever be able to afford a vacation. That was something that was like a dream for me, right? And I did the scripting. I did the visualization. I pictured us going, you know, we're going on roller coasters and I'm taking him here and I'm getting him snacks and doing these things. And I had visualized all of this stuff. So then a couple of weeks ago, my ex-husband, father of my child, calls me and says, I want to take our son to Six Flags is where he's going to take him with his girlfriend. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, no big deal, right? Except that immediately, actually, my my immediate response was uh, no. And he was like, no. I was like, no. No, because no, right? Like, in my mind, I'm like, no, I want more than anything to take my son on a vacation. And now you're talking about taking him on vacation with essentially what I considered my replacement, even though I know that that story, that's one of the ones I need to let go of, too, that outdated story, because... Oh my God, it's just, it's, it's, I, I can't, I could not shake that story that I was being replaced. And remember, she's, she's this person that in my mind, she's everything that like my family wanted me to be this. She's like a fucking dental assistant. You know, she's, again, I don't really know anything about her, but I've created this character in my mind that she's just this like Stepford wife who loves to do everything and probably doesn't have crippling depression and doesn't struggle to get out of bed every day. You know, she wakes up with like birds fucking chirping around her. (laughs) Of course, that would send me into a panic about, you know, being replaced. So initially, again, I said no, that was something that I was not comfortable with. Um, And he was like, okay. And to be fair, he let it go. Uh, But also to be fair, we've got a custody agreement, so he can't leave the state without my permission. So I loved that, that that gave me a little window of opportunity. So after a lot of crying and emotions, because that's also what this retrograde did, right? I was just fucking in my feelings a lot and big, big, heavy feelings, right? Um, so I drove to work. I cried. I called a friend And then by the end of the conversation with my friend, still with tears in my eyes, I was like, I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to let him go, right? Like, I'm going to have to let my son go. Because if I'm really being honest with myself, the manifesting of taking my son on a vacation, that was, I mean, of course, it was about us. I want to spend that time with him. I want to have that bond with him. But if I can't give that to him yet... It's not fair for me to rob him of those experiences because, again, if I'm taking my ego out of it completely, which I did try to do, obviously not at first. I was like, fuck you, fuck this, fuck you, fuck everything, you know, and then I settled down. I was like, all right, now that my ego's had her little moment, let's ask her to sit down nicely beside us and really check in with what's going on. Because if I, if it really is just about my son having those experiences this is an opportunity for him to have that. And if it's 
about my ego and feeding my ego and feeling like, you know, he's not going to get, he's not going to replace me as a mom because I'm the one who's taking him and doing these fun things with him. You know, like I'm getting emotional. I'm honestly getting choked up. I'm trying to fucking repress it. (laughs) It's coming up a little. So forget me. But I was like, you know, if if I really am doing this for my son, then I need to let him do it. So I did. I, I called my ex back and was like, you know, it's fine. It's something that I'm going to have to deal with and just come to terms with it. Like, it's it, it, that's the only option. So, oh, and the the side note was they wanted to do it this, this past weekend, Labor Day weekend, uh, which was my birthday weekend. Because <laughs> the day that they were going, the, let's see, Friday, I was supposed to have him on those days. So that's why he was asking, because those are my days. So I was, not only was he going on this trip without me, but I was also going without my days with my son on this weekend and it was my birthday so I was like what the fuck so for my birthday weekend you want to take my kid on a trip that I wanted to go on him with with his other mother like that's the story that was coming up for me again (laughs) not the healthiest way to put it right like that's a really dramatized way to put it but when I took my ego out of it, I said, okay, go have fun. And it's something that I worked through. And I remember being on the phone with my friend. It was my friend Maddie, who I love so much. And she was so supportive and listened and heard me out and was like, you're allowed to feel however you want to feel. And when it was all done, when it was all said and done, you know, I was like, obviously, I'm going to fucking let him go. Like, that was never even really in question. I just had to kind of have my moment. And I remember her saying something along the lines of like that, that's a, the quality of a really good mother. Like, if, if. I had a mom like that, I would be really lucky. And it didn't feel that way, you know? Like, it didn't feel that way. And it, it does feel like, I, for a second, it kind of felt like I'm sacrificing, you know? It, it it feels like you're um like compromising, which I guess you are. But, again, if you're doing it for the right reasons, it feels shitty at first and for a short period of time. But then long-term... When my kid's calling me after he goes, I'm looking at pictures of him and he's telling me about the roller coasters he went on. Like I shared in that moment because honestly, now I really am going to get emotional. If I think about it, that manifestation did come true because we did get to have those talks. You know, I, he told me about the snacks that he had. I just didn't get to experience them with him, which of course is hard, but I want what's best for my kid. Bottom line. And that was something I had to really check in with as far as like the, you know, stepmom potential. Uh, because their relationship is serious. This is not someone that he's just like dating casually. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't give a shit. I'd be like, well, she's going to be gone anyway. Who cares? But actually, that's not true. It would be a whole different set of problems. But when I really, like I said, took my ego out of it, I realized that this is something that I'm working through. And if I really do want what's best for him, then, you know. I'll feel, I'll feel good about it eventually. And that's kind of what pulled me through. And I went and kind of distracted myself with something for my birthday. I actually had an amazing birthday night or weekend or whatever. Um, it took me two days to recover, but it was fun, you know, and I I did something that was out of my comfort zone and, um, I enjoyed it. So anyway, that was just the first quote, love story that was coming up for review in this Venus retrograde. So remember, this is all, like, I'm dealing with all this shit just every day. It felt like a whirlwind of, like, 
boom, you know, like bullets, like, doo, 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 like I'm just taking one to the fucking chest, like, oh, your birthday weekend, oh, new mom, oh, it's just like, fuck, it was a lot for me to kind of uh, synthesize and deal with, but I came out the other end of it, and now I feel good about it, you know, and now that, I'm now I'm glad that, because when I'm able to step back and zoom out and reframe it, I know that there's nothing but positive things that will come out of my son having someone else who loves and supports him right and if you have if if you have a kid and you've dealt with this like separating because that was a big thing for me too when I was leaving my husband um or when we were deciding to separate (laughs) leaving my husband sounds dramatic but it kind of was um but when we were separating that was a huge part of why I stayed for so long was thinking about the idea of like being away from my kid and the potential of him to be around someone else that I have no control over, right? This is someone that my fucking ex-husband gets to go out and choose. And, like, who can trust his taste, you know? <laughs> like, all of that made me really, really nervous. And then now it was happening. It was coming to fruition. Their relationship's getting serious. It seems like she's going to be around. And potentially his stepmother, which, like, bleh, made me sick anyway. And, like I said, if you have a kid and you've experienced this... I know that I'm really fortunate because, you know, this could have gone way worse. And that was kind of what I had to realize is like, you know, you can be upset about it, but it's not really changing anything. And it could be a lot worse. Like I said, you know, this is just someone I I think who wants to love and support my son. Now, if it ever takes a different direction, I'll take my fucking earrings out. Let that be known, you know, but it doesn't seem like it's going to. So that's why I was like, all right, you're just kind of being dramatic and, um, stuck in your ego thinking that you're being replaced and you're not because he's your mom. Like, like I said, the healthiest part of me knows that, but it was a huge, it felt like the biggest lesson to date that I was having to deal with and kind of like a test that I had to overcome. And I feel like, honestly, I fucking aced it. So the second major theme, like I said, I was dealing with a lot. The second major theme, uh, that came through was being misunderstood. And this is certainly not the first time that this has come up. And I know logically that you don't have to understand someone to love them. Because I guess that's what I should say is the belief was that I had to be understood to be loved. Which is um, not great for me to have that belief because... I am misunderstood a lot. In fact, I made a TikTok one time that was like, summarize your childhood in one word. And I said it doesn't have to be sad, but there were a lot of really sad ones on there. Um, But mine, I think my word was misunderstood. Like, I I just always felt like the black sheep of the family, the outsider in my friend group, you know, the person who nobody really got. And especially my family, my family would tell me, you know, we don't get you. We just we just don't understand you no matter how hard I try. Um, so that was terrifying. And like I said, I know logically you don't have to understand someone to love them. And in fact, when I was reviewing this, um, I realized that sometimes the things that I don't understand, I love even more than the things that I do. Because I love to be curious about things. And I've found that I'm usually drawn to the things that I don't understand. And the unknown used to scare me. But once I started leaning into my own curiosity, I remembered that 
the, you know, those childlike qualities that can come from entering new territory or trying new things are scary, sure. But honestly, it's kind of thrilling. You know, like, I used to be really afraid. But once I reframed the anxiety as um, kind of like an anxious thrill, excitement, you know, I, I, it honestly changed everything for me. So as far as being understood, I always felt like people were trying to kind of put me in a box and file me away into this folder that would make them feel safe. Because I do think that um, it makes people feel at ease when they're able to put you into a category. And when they can't figure out where to put me, I think that frustrates them. But it frustrates me, I've found, again, very recently, um, this has been coming up majorly, I found that it really frustrates me when they try to put me in a box and they get it wrong, which they usually do, honestly. Um, So I've had to release the belief that you can't love what you don't understand. Um, And like I said, I've noticed a pattern in my life where the people that I feel the deepest connection with are the people who do understand me. Um, Because, I mean, honestly, it feels great to be seen and understood. You know those people that you meet and you're like, I feel like I've known you my whole life. And they get your sense of humor and you don't have to explain anything. You don't have to, like, apologize for your beliefs. You know, that feeling is just, I don't think there's anything like it. So, of course, it does, you know, you can receive love without being understood. But I think I feel a deeper connection with the people who who were able to see me and understand me. But the problem is those people are few and far between, you know. So I guess that just makes it more special when they do come up. Um, But, you know, like I said, all my life people called me weird. And I think that um, the key factor in both of these experiences whether you understand people or not, I think the most important thing is that you can create a space for people to exist or that people are creating a space for you to exist, whether they understand you or not, or whether you understand them or not, you know? Um, Because like I said, all my life, literally, (laughs) literally all my life, I've been called weird. And the people who didn't try to change that weirdness or honestly even try to understand it, those are the ones that I feel the deepest connection with. So I guess that's uh, a revelation as well. And then the last belief that I want to talk about is this belief that I've been reviewing that I can't commit because I joked all the time that I have commitment issues, but when I really stepped back and checked in with that story, I realized that there was a ton of evidence to the contrary because I have committed to this podcast for three years, for three years. And of course I've made huge strides, um, but it's been a lot of work and a lot of input and not a lot of output as far as like financial, you know, I'm not, I don't have a brand deal yet. I'm not getting um, marketing, like advertisement payments or anything. Um, and three, so three years of that just for the fucking love of the game. <laughs> three years. That's impressive. Um, I committed to learning Spanish, which, you know, I took, I think four years, two in college, two in high school. 
and it's something that I've always wanted to do. So I, and I've had Duolingo, I've had moments where I went back and forth of kind of dropping in, but nothing ever consistent enough to really keep it going and be fluent, which is what I wanted. That was my goal, not to practice Spanish, but to be fluent in Spanish. Um, so I've committed to Duolingo for 55 days straight, have not missed a day. I committed to working out for three years that I've had this journey going. I've committed to practicing yoga nearly every day. I know, I know there were days and weeks that I took breaks, but I mean, it it is so integrated in my life that I can't go more than a couple of days without it because it like I, I can feel the difference. Uh, I committed to becoming certified to be a yoga teacher. I committed to a freaking tattoo. For Christ's sake, something literally permanent. And I remember before that, that's actually what makes me think about it. Before I went to get the tattoo, I was like, I have commitment issues. I can't do this. <laughs> but again, that's that one's outdated. It's not true because once I did it, I didn't regret it. And I loved it. You know, it's something I think I committed. I, I think the reason that I had commitment issues was because I only ever committed to like shitty things. You know, I think when I commit to things that I like... Uh, I'm completely committed. You know, I, it's like blind commitment to this thing. I was in a relationship that I committed to, like I loved him, you know? Um, so the belief that I have commitment issues is outdated and I realized it's no longer true and it's time to release it. And that goes for those other beliefs too. Um, the idea that if I don't make myself readily available, when other people need me, I won't be loved, outdated, and also insane. <laughs> the belief that I have to be understood to be loved, untrue. So now as Venus goes direct once again, which it did, uh, what was that, yesterday? I I have to decide what I want my stories, my love stories, to look like moving forward. Um how will I rewrite my love stories going forward? What do I want love to look like? How do I want to give love? How do I want to receive love? These are all stories that I want to check in and you know, review and kind of script and journal and manifest moving forward. Because when you release something, which we are, we're releasing all of these old outdated things. We're making space for new beliefs and new stories and new love to come in. And I want to choose because I do have that empty space and nature abhors a space. It hates space. So it's going to try to fill it as quickly as possible. And those old beliefs can sneak in, you know, even things that you think, you know, I thought I dealt with this. I thought I released this belief. It's kind of like grief where it's cyclical, you know, it's not linear. You can revisit it. And that's what retrogrades are all about. If you look at them, not as a bad thing, but an opportunity to review, you know, like a, um, what do they call that? Like a review, a performance review at your job. Think of it like that. But because it's Venus, the planet of love and money and opulence and things like that, Review all of the stories that go along with that. And maybe even if you don't believe in astrology, maybe you're thinking now about the the past six weeks or so and what's been coming up for you. And maybe you're like, oh, that it's funny that you say this because I have been kind of 
dealing with these things and these things these these things kind of have presented themselves for me to review and you maybe again maybe you didn't realize that they were for you to review maybe these things are coming up and if you don't have that awareness of you know this is why this is happening this is how long this is going to happen for maybe it's really easy to get stuck in the middle but if we are able to kind of zoom out and look this is what I used to believe but I don't want to believe that anymore now I choose to believe something different and I think that when we choose and we're intentional about what we want these stories in our life to look like not just about love it can be about anything but specifically I'm looking at love this past couple of weeks um and choose like I said to be intentional about how you move forward I think those are the things that you attract because that's what I talk about on here all the time law of attraction manifesting things like that so think about again what do you want your love to look like what do you want a relationship to look like? You know, do you want commitment? Is there something that you could be doing differently within your relationships? Not just love and you know spouse and things like that, but with your son, with your daughter, with your parents, with whoever, even your coworkers. Look at how you're communicating with people and ask yourself if you want to change that. And if you do, I highly encourage you sit down, journal it out, sketch it out, script it out, make a vision board whatever feels good for you to redirect that energy into something positive, I encourage you to do it. And again, Venus is no longer retrograde. So hopefully all of the craziness that was kind of happening over the last few weeks, is going to kind of sort itself out. And we're in that post shadow period where it's still a little fuzzy, you know, but allow yourself to picture that slingshot where you're being pulled back and you're, you know, quote, regressing just so that you can revisit all this. And once you've dealt, you've dealt with it, you've let it go, then you can let that slingshot go and just full force go forward into love and the life that you want, the kind of love that you want to experience. So if you have any questions or honestly, if you want to share any of your beliefs, I would love to hear them. You can reach out to me on any form of social media. I put my link tree always in the description box. Um, and you can find me on TikTok, wherever. And let me know what love stories you've been experiencing and what you want them to look like moving forward. So thank you so much for sharing your time. I really appreciate you listening. As always, I'm sending you guys lots of love in, in honor of the theme today. Lots and lots of love. And I'll talk to you guys all later. Bye.